Hi, welcome to another episode of Paul on Power, Power System Design's podcast on the latest in power and power design. I'm your host, Alex Paul, and today I've got Richard Morgan of ND Metering, and we're going to talk about uh, some of the issues involved in uh, trying to save money in energy management today and how that can be addressed with uh, sub-metering. Isn't that right? Welcome to the show, Richard. Thank you, Alex. Yeah, that's correct. I just wanted to bring a little bit of my experience to the show today and uh, what I've learned over the years with uh, submetering uh, a lot of clients uh, internationally uh, from China to uh, the U.S. and from New Zealand to the U.K. So uh, a lot of benefits to be had from uh, submetering and I uh, just wanted to uh, get my uh, experiences uh, uh, across uh, in today's show and uh, kind of explain what benefits there are from that. Well, and, and, and that's why we brought you here. That's why we brought you here, Richard, because, no ma- as you pointed out, no matter what the country, no matter what the philosophy, you've got to save power. You know, power costs money, no matter it, whether it's lotties or dollars or euros. You know, it, it's not a cultural thing. It's not a national thing. It's we've got to save energy. And the, one of the best ways to save energy is to keep an eye on it, right? Sure. I mean, there's a... A lot of talk nowadays about the, the green perspective and the environmental impact, etc. But uh, a lot of times a business is in uh, business to make money. And if there's no payback on uh, solutions, then quite often a project doesn't get off the ground. And what I've found over the years, uh, a lot of organizations have great transparency on uh, their internal costs as a company, on things like um, their staff and their human resources, uh, um, uh, and uh, they'll have a good transparency on where the uh, spend is going on uh, raw materials or product. But quite often, depending on which market you're in, uh, up there uh, in the mix is also the utility spend. And then you ask the financial director, for instance, well, where is all that spend going? Where are you spending that money on your electricity and gas? Quite often, at best, they'll have maybe uh, an idea but uh, when it really comes down to granularity of where that money is going, quite often they're blind. So, uh, and that's where submetering can really help them um, actually focus on where the utility spend is going in an organization, um, whether or not it's a, it's a cross-site, um, uh, multi-site organization, or within a, a, a certain site itself. With submetering, for instance, you can... Uh, submit to the uh, electricity consumption uh, of the incoming buildings, for instance, but that only gets you so far. That just tells you, for instance, that the energy spent in the, the building down in uh, Gainesville, Texas, uh, is using three times more energy than the uh, building um, in, uh, in New York, for instance, even though they're exactly the same uh, type of building. Where submetering really then comes into is you can then submit it within the building and you can say, okay, I can see what's going on here. The HVAC, the uh, rooftop units, for instance, they're on 24-7 in the uh, building in New York. Why are they on 24-7? They shouldn't be on 24-7. So submitting so can give them that transparency into where the energy and the cost bleed is happening within an organization so they can do something about it. Mm-hmm. And, and frankly, to be a little bloody-minded about it, Richard, if you're the kind of company that charges your internal divisions for resources, you could then bill your internal divisions for their power consumption. Oh, yeah, that, that definitely happens a lot, and especially in um, uh, manufacturing, where you've got uh, interdepartmental in uh, cost center accounting, and they've got to account for the design uh, spend, for instance, or the uh, production spend. 
even down to how many uh, how much spend is going into each widget that they make for instance so i mean quite often the submetering is not just used to get transparency on where the energy is being consumed so they can reduce it but quite often you're very uh, right there alex they can use the submetering to actually do cost center accounting within an organization so they can build different departments or different divisions within a, a multi um, uh, organizational setup um, their energy uh, spend so it's it's another use of uh, submetering that's uh, a good point and, and certainly as soon as you uh, start metering the, the the energy spend you put a dollar amount to that those departments soon wake up to the fact that okay this is now not just a, a fixed cost I have to deal with this surely should be treated as a variable cost so we can actually see about reducing it as soon as dollar amount is attached to a kilowatt hour um, or a cubic foot of uh, uh, gas, people start to wake up to the fact that, hey, is this something that we can reduce in our budget? Agreed, agreed. And obviously it's, you know, a way to keep an organization under control because there's no precision without feedback. I mean, the bottom line is, is there are a lot of people who might wish to have this type of functionality, but unless you actually go and look, you're not going to get it. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, a, a famous uh, saying in our industry is um, uh, what you can't measure, you can't manage. Uh, I think it was Lord Kelvin that came up with that one. And that's very <laughs> true in uh, energy um, metering uh, terms. If you're not measuring how much you're consuming, there's no way you can manage it. Um, if you're trying to uh, reduce your organization's uh, carbon footprint or your energy spend by a certain value, let's just put 10% out there, for instance, the first thing you've got to know is you've got to have a baseline. So you've got to figure out, well, how much energy consumption are we using now? And then with um, submetering, um, you can actually then track to see whether or not you're achieving that within an organization. If a, if a manufacturer comes to you with a, a black box widget and says, hey, if you install this in, into your site, you'll reduce your energy consumption by 5%. Well, hey, guess what? With submetering, you can then track the uh, savings of that, and that's called measurement and verification. So they can measure and verify the savings of that manufacturer to make sure they are achieving the 5%. And if they don't, well, I guess they'll be on the phone to them uh, straight away and uh, figure out what they can do about it. <laughs> there you go. Now, wh what are some of the challenges involved in implementing a submetering solution throughout a facility? Yeah, challenges, um, there's quite a few hurdles um, that organizations need to uh, get over initially. Um, I think the two main hurdles um, are, um, number one, organizational. Um, you, there's no point collecting lots of information from submetering, seeing where the energy is being consumed, unless you have a team of people or, or a service organization behind, and that can be outsourced, that will be able to analyze the energy consumption and say, okay, well, um, this site is using more than this site, or this asset is using more than this site. Let's investigate why. Let's um, act upon that information. So you need to have an organizational structure that's going to make good use of the information that submetering is going to give you. Uh, the, the second uh, biggest hurdle, then, is um, a cost and practicality hurdle. There is, um, you know... A lot of um, assets and buildings you might have in your, uh, uh, your estate, you've got to try to figure out what is the best cost-effective way to uh, get the submetering installed that will give me the value back at headquarters in the software or in the service um, uh, team so that they can um, you know, act upon the informed 
uh, information that's coming back from the submeters. And that quite often is the biggest hurdle of all, the initial capital expenditure. And there's a lot of innovation out there, for instance, with ND uh, metering solutions, where we've really addressed the, um, uh, the pain points of installing and retrofitting submetering into, in, into existing buildings. Because our industry submetering, for instance, historically it's been aimed at new builds. So if an uh, organization um, is building, let's say, a hospital uh, in Ohio, they've got to put in some submeters sometimes, but those things can quite often get installed in a nice air-conditioned office somewhere, um, whereas retrofitting submeters into existing building uh, estates, that's more difficult. Sometimes you open up a distribution uh, board in, in a uh, electrical room and, and the cables literally will jump out at you because uh, that thing's old, it's been in there for 20 years and then you're trying to put sensors around those cables as well. It all gets quite uh, you know, impractical sometimes uh, and difficult to install new uh, innovation equipment into old um, environments like that and with ND metering's uh, solutions we've addressed a lot of those problems which is why we've been so successful in the uh, sub-metering space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you were saying a little bit about that. When it, so, so give us an example of, let's say I walk in your front door. Just walk me through all of the things that you provide. It's not just the equipment. It's not just the management and design assistance. It's the whole package, right? That's true. Yeah, that's why we're called um, ND Metering Solutions at the end of the day. We're not just a, um, a meter manufacturer and designer. We actually provide um, uh, the periphery products that help uh, organizations um, uh, get the submeters in. Uh, so you've got current sensors to go around the cables to, to monitor the energy consumption. You've got the meters themselves. We've got uh, um, very customer-centric um, uh, design innovations in our organization. So we listen to the pain points of the um, companies that are installing the submeters, feed that directly back to our design teams and say, hey, look, Here's a pain point of a customer. They've had uh, a lot of problems trying to install into this type of environment. Is there something that we can do about it? And there's um, a typical product uh, which uh, um, gives you a good example of that. It's a product called the MultiCube. Uh, it takes um, uh, the pain point of installing submeters into existing buildings, um, and for that there's a lot of cost implication. There's a lot of, well, we haven't got the space to install the submeters. Um, you know, there's a lot of wiring that needs to be done. A lot of wiring quite often means cost and also error um, during the installation. So we listened to all that, and the multi-cube uh, product that uh, ND brought out a few years ago, which is highly popular now, um, essentially reduced the amount of space they needed on site by 50%, reduced the number, uh, amount of cabling they need to do when they get onto site by about 80%. So again, it's, it's bringing that hurdle further and further down so it's easier to get over um, for clients so that they can then concentrate on where the real value is in submetering, which is analyzing the information um, once uh, the submeters are installed. And one final point on that, uh, a big innovation that's happened um, in the past few years as well is on communication. Now, historically, um, when you're installing submeters or smart meters, um, the, the, the communication has always been kind of a big burden. I mean, if you've got a thousand sites out there in the U.S. and you're trying to get submetering uh, into all those, how do you get them? Uh, uh, how do you get that information back to one central site? Historically, GSM or GPRS solutions has been a good way of doing it, but you've got signal problems. You've got ongoing costs because you've got to pay for SIM cards and stuff. A lot of solutions now go on IP, 
So that means that the submeter can actually just connect directly into um, your, your network socket and the data can just flow seamlessly through your network to the software solution where the um, real value uh, out of submetering happens. And that's been a big step forward as well for submeters because now they've got real-time access to the data. They've got no cost communication because it's going through the customer's LAM and it's secure and safe. So the data is really looked uh, after by their IT department and uh, it's, it's nice and secure. So those are two examples of how innovations have uh, helped make uh, submetering benefits uh, closer to the client. I agree. I agree, Richard, especially when you think about the whole aspect of the cloud-supported infrastructures now. It's really given a shot in the arm to submetering and really empowered it as a solution. Yeah, it's kind of made it a, um, uh, a solution which is scalable. I mean, historically, I mean, when I started on this uh, merry little uh, uh, jaunt 20, 25-odd years ago, you would think of a, a submetering solution for an organization with 100 meters out there was a big solution. Now I'm coming across, um, and we've uh, delivered submetering solutions for clients uh, in the thousands and tens of thousands of submeters because they really want that granularity on where the energy is being consumed so they can control it and manage it. Uh, and that's mm -hmm. um, uh, only been made possible by cloud-based software solutions, of which there's a good... Um, uh, offering out there in the marketplace. Uh, so Agreed. this big data, big data uh, analytics um, that's come about in the last sort of five years uh, from cloud-based um, software solutions has really helped clients get the most out of uh, energy submetering solutions, cross-referencing it with uh, maintenance systems, for instance, or production systems, so they can see if the energy has been increased uh, is it because of weather, or is the, is the energy increased because, hey, guess what, we're doing well, we've uh, got 20% more production going through the plant. So all of that energy analytics in the software has uh, really helped clients be able to um, uh, get the value out of the submetering, but nothing would uh, happen if they couldn't overcome the initial hurdles of getting the submeters out there in the first place, which, is, as I said before, is quite often a practical and cost based hurdle, which uh, ND have been addressing now for the past 10 years specifically. Agreed, agreed. So that's very interesting, Richard. So unfortunately, we don't have all data chat, although this is a really fascinating space, but I give all of my interviewees the opportunity to ha leave a final word with the audience. Uh, start with your URL so they know where to go look, and then uh, leave us with a final thought that you'd like um, the audience to have before closing out the episode. Sure. Well, uh, our URL is... Uh, www. as always uh, ndmeter.co.uk that's ndmeter m e t e r.co.uk and i suppose as a final uh, thought what i'd probably say is when people are looking for um, uh, a solution for uh, submetering um, i would err on the side of innovation go towards um, what the uh, latest technologies are doing out there cuz a lot of solutions out there are still stuck in the 1980s with uh, the solution uh, that they offer. If you really want to capitalize on submetering and you want to reduce your uh, initial capital expenditure, go see what the latest innovations are out in the marketplace, um, which can really help uh, bring the initial costs down on getting that uh, retrofit submetering uh, program going for you. Well, excellent, excellent, excellent. And, and the beautiful part about uh, power management 
in especially the last decade is that people are realizing that power management and proper power design is more than just picking the right power supply. So this whole aspect of a higher awareness of uh, situational awareness within the power space is critical. That's true. Yeah, I mean, you've, uh, quite often you've got a coming together in the energy management world of people that are interested in reducing the energy consumption from a sustainability and environmental perspective. But on the other hand, that's a good point. You've also got the power and, and electronics and electrical engineering guys coming to it from a power quality point of view. And the two of them kind of meet in the middle. One's just interested in, in kilowatt hours and seeing how much energy um, an asset is using. And the other might be coming from a power quality perspective saying, yeah, but can I also see the volts per phase, the power factor, the frequency, the harmonics um, distortion, etc.? And that's a good point. If you've got an energy management solution um, uh, with submetering, you want something that meets um, the criteria of both parties because they're both just as important as the other. And uh, I know at ND metering, we've got a lot of... Uh, uh, technical guys that uh, will certainly uh, stand up and uh, preach uh, to that choir because uh, power quality uh, aspects are just as important as energy management uh, um, aspects in uh, our submeters. Agreed, agreed. So, hey, Richard, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. Um, I always like having people from different parts of the power space to really enlighten the audience, and you really came through today. No problem, Alex. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. <laughs> pleasure was mine. And I'd like to thank everybody out there in the audience for taking the time to listen to us. We wouldn't be here without you. Tell your friends. This is Alex Paul for Paul Tom Power. Have a great day.